Amen. If you'll open up your Bibles to Matthew 21, and we're going to read from verses uh, 1 through 11. Uh, thank you for uh, just uh, joining us uh, on our midweek service. Uh, we're, we're getting ready for just a wonderful, wonderful weekend, uh, wonderful Sunday. And so uh, the title of the message tonight is, uh, Who is This? But uh, I'll begin reading in verse 1, and then, uh, of course, on the screen we'll pick up where... Uh, where I really want to land for tonight in verse 10. But uh, as they approached Jerusalem and came to uh, Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, uh, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her, uh, colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Uh, if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Uh, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And then when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Father, thank you for tonight. God, thank you for allowing us to come together to be in your presence once again. I pray now that this message uh, would speak to us, Father, that it would challenge us. God, that we would leave here, Father, changed. God, changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray now, God, that you would be with us. Well, thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Several, several years ago, Kelly and I, uh, we're traveling uh, back to uh, Lakeland, and we were uh, in a, an airport. I don't quite remember which airport, but it was a layover. And, of course, we had uh, just a, a little bit of time to kind of catch our next flight to make our way to the, the next gate. And, um, of course, you, you just do what you normally do as you're changing flights, and we had enough time. And so we kind of made our way. I think we grabbed something to eat. And then, of course, we stopped off by the uh, ladies' room, the men's room, and so we did our thing, and Kelly's, Kelly's in there, and, and of course, I make my way out before she does, and uh, I'm standing there in, in the airport, and you just never know who you're going to come across, who you're going to see, uh, and this particular situation, um, there was a rapper in the 2000s, I think 19, 19, late 1990s, 2000, guys, you have a picture of it, a picture of him, Coolio, I don't... I don't remember if you know Coolio, but Coolio was, was the rapper of the day. I, I don't know that I necessarily care for rap, but I knew who Coolio was, and the hair is just a, a, a dead giveaway. I mean, there's not a lot of people that's walking around with Coolio's style of hair, and so I, I caught him as he's coming uh, from my left, and I see him. Kelly's still in, in the ladies' room, and I'm like, that's Coolio. That's Coolio, and, and he's walking by, and I'm doing just what you would naturally do. You just kind of, you're staring at him, and I'm watching, and of course, he's walking, and he has this just, just huge, huge 
ginormous individual, six foot six, that is just his, his guard, you know, and they're walking and they keep walking by and I'm like, I'm just frozen. I'm not, I want to say something, but I don't say anything. And he just continues to walk by and I'm like, that's inside. I'm going, that's Coolio. And, and he makes his way on by and he's making his way down the terminal. And about this time, Kelly walks out and I said, honey, I said, Coolio, Cooli- Coolio is right there. And, and, and people are filling in. She's like, Julio, who's Julio? I said, Julio, Coolio. She goes, who is Coolio? And Julio, I said, he's right there. And of course I did what many guy would do. And I just, I said, watch. I said, Coolio, Coolio. And she's, she what are you doing? And I said, Coolio. And he throws his hand up in the air as he's walking and just acknowledges my shout out. I said, see, he heard me. He heard me. I said, we've got to continue. Let's go see where he's going. And I said, let's walk. We've got time. Come on. And by the time we caught up with him, of course, others began to recognize and notice who he was. It's Coolio, and people are surrounding, and he's, he's doing his thing. He's signing the autographs. In our passage of Scripture, as Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem, the people begin to celebrate those that have experienced the miracles, have heard the messages. It says that the whole city was stirred. But there's a segment, a large, large city, approximately 200,000. And whenever Jesus would come, and speak, and miracles were be, being performed, thousands of people would show up, would turn out, but there was still that, that segment of people that did not know, quite understand who was in their presence. And, 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 and their custom, anytime that someone that was of royalty or a great military leader they understood that the palms would be laid in the road, that cloaks would be thrown down. They looked at him and they said, we don't necessarily recognize him as royalty. He's not dressed as a great military leader, a conqueror. He's riding in a donkey. But yet people are excited. There's an excitement in the air and people are looking at one another and Hosanna is being shouted, Behold, the Son of God, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But yet they're saying, who, who, who is this? Who is this? And there's a crowd, there's a part of the segment of people that respond. And they say that this is, this is Jesus, the one from Nazareth. The one that's performing miracles. The challenge, the the idea for tonight, as we make our way through the message, is to have a sense of urgency as we close into Easter, four days away, to understand that the choir will be singing and they will be standing straight and, and the wonderful orchestra will be playing. And Pastor Dave Carlisle will be standing up 
and leading us in great anthems and hymns and worship songs, and we will celebrate and, and be excited, and there will be uh, just an energy in the air, but yet there will be people to our left, there will be individuals to our right, people that are in front of us that are asking the question, who, who is this? I'm here because my mom asked me to come. I'm here because my neighbor invited me. I've heard of the stories, but I've yet to experience this man that they call Jesus in a personal way. So my, my thought for tonight is to say we have four days as we move into Easter. Let us have a great enthusiasm, a great energy, and get all of the planning and the, the grocery shopping and the reservations and all of the clothing taken care of and say, God, who is that, who is that one more person that I can invite? Who can I ask to come and join me on Easter Sunday. There was a revival that was in the air. People were filling it in Jerusalem. People were captured by the message that was being preached. They were, they were, they were mesmerized by the healings and knowing that something is different, something is happening here. Charles Spurgeon said, when our Lord grants revival to his church, the congregations and the multitudes outside begin to ask, wherefore this stir? What meaneth all this? Who is this Christ and what is his salvation? We're just days away. And as followers of Christ, let us take every opportunity, every moment, every phone call, to encourage our, our neighbor and our friends to be in the house. And when they ask the question, who is this? We can respond with great enthusiasm and say that he is the redeemer of humanity. He came to save you and he came to save me. Amen? When I think about who is this, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, and Joseph is having that moment whenever he receives the word that the, the woman that has been pledged to him to be married is expecting with child. And his world is turned upside down. And it says all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us, that God comes in the form of flesh and that, that when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that he enters in and he abides within us. To know that even in my own life, whenever I've wrecked my own life and I've made the decisions in the most embarrassing hour of my life, to know that, man, I have nothing to fear because God is with me. I'm never alone. And Joseph had that moment when the angel of the Lord said, fear not. Listen, listen, fear not. Because the one that is coming is the Savior of the world. And he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Tonight, we can celebrate and say, who is this? And reflect on it and say, yes, even in my own embarrassing moment, whenever I felt like an outcast, whenever I was on an island all alone, there was a redeemer that came and he abides with me. He lives with me. He gives me the courage to move forward. Who is this? It's Emmanuel.
in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 16, reads, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea and Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, see, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ the son of the living God it becomes very personal. It's no longer what do the people say, but Peter, who do you say that I am? We're asked that question every day. When we get up and we start our day, who do you say that I am? You're the son of the living God. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And whenever the question is asked, it calls for an answer. And we step forward and we give that answer through our actions and the way that we respond as we do life, knowing that the Father in heaven is watching and asking, who do you say that I am? Our thoughts and actions will validate what we believe. If we really believe Jesus is the Son of the living God, it will impact the way that we live. The crowd of people believed he was a reformer like John the Baptist, and he indeed was the reformer. Others believed that he was the prophet, the mouthpiece of God, and yes, he was the mouthpiece of God. Peter believed that he was the son of the living God, that he was deity, that he was God himself. And we are called to, to believe and act and conduct ourselves with great obedience as we prepare for this great Easter celebration and saying, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is one more thing that I can do to make sure that not only am I here in the house on Sunday, but who's coming with me? God, let my actions, Lord, let my thoughts, let my words bring glory and honor to him. And in Isaiah chapter 9, when we think about who is this, who is riding in on this donkey and they are shouting Messiah, that they are shouting Hosanna. We think of Isaiah chapter 9, for it says that, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I love the, 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 the description that he is a wonderful counselor. To know that in my most desperate hour, whenever I'm needing wisdom, it's Jesus Christ that I can go to. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1 that if anyone lacks wisdom, we can do what? We can ask for it. I love the, 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 the truth that it says that we can ask for it, but yet it will be given and that it will be given what? Generously. To know that when we are in our desperate hour and making that decision, in regards to our business, when we're making that decision in regards to our relationships, we can all reflect back and say, yes, absolutely, God has spoken to me through his spirit. He has spoken to me through men and women that, that I know that are leaders within the church. He's never, never failed me. 
When I think of people that have just great, incredible intelligence and often seen as men of wisdom and give great advice, we're, we're, all, we're all caught up with Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest men. And if you were looking for financial direction, you would seek out Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett says this in regards to Wall Street. It's the only place where people arrive in a Rolls Royce to get advice from people who ride the subway, Wall Street. When you think about Henry Ford, and I, I have no idea where Warren Buffett or, or Henry Ford was in their faith, but a great statement made by Henry Ford, something that I think that we can embrace as followers of Christ, says, I believe God is managing affairs and that he doesn't need any advice from me. With God in charge, I believe everything will work out for the best in the end. So what is there to worry about? As we move into Easter, let us remember that who is this is the wonderful counselor. And we need not worry about anything because we rest in the hand of the Father. John 14, Jesus said, I am the way. And I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the wonderful counselor, and when we turn our life over to him, and when we give him complete control, we can have the, the assurance and the comfort to know that God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are guiding us every day through every decision, every choice that we make. When we need advice, we can go straight to the throne room of our Heavenly Father. Amen? The wonderful Counselor and the mighty God and the everlasting Father. To know that He is God of all creation and that he is mighty and that he, Lord, he is the Lord who reigns from heaven and worthy of our praise and worship. This is a great declaration of the deity of the Messiah. Knowing that in our very weakest moment, in our darkest hour, the one who created the heavens and the earth desires a relationship with his children. The reason he sent his son to a cross so that you and I could experience a great love with a great creator. When I think of my father, when I think of Jesus, to know that he is being described as an everlasting father, everlasting, never ending, to know that, man, a father that will always provide for me. A father that will always protect me. A father that will never leave me nor forsake me. He's an everlasting father. And the prince of peace. When we think about who is this and the people are gathering and the people are shouting and, and praising and palm branches are being laid in the, in the road to know that are they, do they really understand, do they really comprehend that, 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 that something's about to take place, the Prince of Peace, that he's going to a cross, that he will become the peacemaker for humanity. 
that he will reconcile us back to the love of the Father, the Prince of Peace. And then to know that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that there's a peace that we experience through various seasons of life. To know that, that he is with us, the great peace, the great I am, our Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Several months ago, I had the, the opportunity to uh, speak with uh, just a good friend. He and his wife are very active here on the campus. He serves as one of, one of our ushers, and James Lovelady. Many of you know James. And his father had just passed, and we're on the phone with one another. And I'm just trying to speak some words of encouragement to him. If you know James, James just had a great relationship with his father. Very close, very loving. Thought the world of him, the way that it should be. In the exchange that we're having, James, how are you doing? He said, Pastor, he said, I know that we often, we talk about it. I know that we, we read about it. We read about the peace of God. But I can tell you that I've truly experienced just this, just, just a night ago, the true peace. I felt it in a real way. It came to life to me. There are others that are in the room tonight that you've experienced that peace, and that peace is there for us. Something that we can celebrate, something that we can enjoy and know that, hey, we're coming up on Easter. And when the question is asked, who is this? I, I can speak to it personally. I can tell you that he's the, the prince of peace. He's the one that brings it to me. Philippians 4 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The question tonight for us is, what should we do? From, from this point forward, knowing that we have Thursday and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is right around the corner. What will we do? Where's the sense of urgency? Is there an excitement that is there? Do you sense the revival to know that there is something that is stirring? Are we looking at Easter as just it's another Easter? Have we, have we kind of gotten to that point in our relationship that we say, God, I need to have a, a new, fresh touch of your spirit in my life. God, let me in the next four days, God, let me, let my attitude just become contagious to where I look and, and realize and know that you're, you're with me, that I understand that God is with us. Do I truly understand whenever, when we read about that he's riding in on the back of a donkey, that he is a wonderful counselor, that he is the mighty God, that he is the everlasting Father, that he is the Prince of Peace? We have four days to throttle down and to come back onto this campus and to say, what are those last-minute adjustments that need to be made? 
Have I, have I yet made that call? There's still time to reach out and say, man, there's Easter's right around the corner. Let me tell you why I want you to be here with me in church on that day. And get them here. And then how many of you know, just let the Holy Spirit take it from there. Amen. Let God do what he does and let him move and change men and women. I've got to tell you that whenever you read the passage and the excitement that was there in the air, to know that, hey, I wasn't necessarily there. It's hard to describe those exciting moments whenever you've enjoyed something grand in your life and you try to share that with, with others and, and it just kind of falls on its face. And they're not connecting. But I'm believing that on Sunday, that whenever we walk onto this campus and we begin to sing the great anthems of the church, and I love the songs that we sing, that there will be a connection, that there will be that explosion that takes place, that men and women will make their way to the altar and the altar team will engage with people that will say the sinner's prayer for the, the very first time. And then we'll be looking for that mentor, that person that can speak into their life because the question will be, well, now what? What is the next step? I believe that it's important for us to be vocal to have great jubilation, to have great excitement. I believe that Luke 19 is, is very clear. I mentioned to you that the, the city was stirred. There was a lot of question. But then in the crowd was the opposition. Those that opposed the religious leaders of the day. In Luke 19, it says that some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he responded, he said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The stones will cry out. I think it's important I believe that Jesus is looking for his church to be vocal. I think that the Lord is looking for his church to show some excitement. I think the Lord is saying, hey, listen, no longer be silent, but get in on the streets and begin to celebrate, for I'm making my entry. How many of you know that there's a day that is coming very soon, and we need to be busy about the Father's business and getting out there, inviting our brothers and sisters, our friends, our neighbors, and say, come and come. Who is this? He's the Savior of the world. And we have a, an opportunity to be a part of something very special on Easter Sunday. We've all been equipped. We have the wonderful tools that have been given to us. A nice little insert, creatively made, to be able to pass to our neighbors, pass to our friends, and extend the invitation and then be in prayer. Say that when they walk onto this campus, God, I've made the invitation. God, I've been shouting Hosanna. And I've been shouting the Messiah. I've, I've, I've been a little 
a little zealous. I've been kind of over the top. I even had my coolio moment. A little embarrassment. But God, I know that if your response was that the rocks will cry out, I'm not about to let any rock take my place for what God has done in my life. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me tonight? Bow your head and eyes are closed. We have an opportunity to be a part of just a wonderful, wonderful weekend. A lot of hard work has gone into making this Sunday a special Sunday. But if there's one, we don't even have to wait for Easter. There, there may be someone in our presence tonight. It says, I'm, I'm already watching on the news. I've already heard spots on the radio that Easter's coming. I've never had the privilege of, of accepting him as my Lord and Savior. I've asked the question, who is this? But I've never said the sinner's prayer. We believe here at Victory Church that every time that we come together that men and women should be given the opportunity to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And tonight, tonight can be your night. There's nothing complicated about it at all. You simply have to just say, Jesus, come into my heart Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new creature. Be the Lord of my life. And if you say that prayer, we believe that you're saved, that you're part of the family of God. And if you've said that prayer and that you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, we want to partner with you and walk with you and begin the process of, of, of making a disciple. You may be in the house tonight and saying, Tim, I, I know that he's the wonderful counselor, but I, I need some prayer right now. I need some guidance in my life. I, I, I need to be reminded that he is the everlasting father. There is great need in my life right now. You just, you have no idea. It is, it is an hour of desperation for me. You may say, man, I need that peace. I need that peace in my life. There is great struggle that is taking place. If that's you, as we sing this song, begin to move forward. There are altar workers here in place that want to agree with you in prayer. To say, yes, there is, there is great godly wisdom and, and advice and counsel available. So let's sing the song, and as we sing, begin to move, and let's agree in prayer.